Life's not fair, is it, my little friend? While some are born to feast, others spend their lives in the dark. Begging for scraps. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he After being framed for an accident in his home, a young lion prince must flee his kingdom only to learn the true meaning of responsibility and bravery. This is The Lion King 2019, directed by John Favreau. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we're discussing The Lion King 2019. The remake, the reboot, well it's not technically a reboot, but it is a remake. Um, I went ahead and watched the 1994 Lion King so I could uh, be a little bit more refreshed for the 2019 version, so go ahead and check out the 1992, 90, was it 94? Uh, check it, yeah, it's the 94 version. Check out the 94 version for the review of that. Um, so, 2019 Lion King, who was asking for this? Mm, no, no, nobody was asking for this. However, Disney's going to give it to you. Egg's going to give it to you. Egg's going to give it to you. <laughs> um, and uh, Disney has been going through their catalog of remakes, such as, um, I believe it started with uh, Beauty and the Beast, and then they went on to do the Aladdin remake. They did the Jungle Book remake, and by the same director, John Favreau, came back to do the 2019 Lion King remake. So, um, all of these remakes are retreads of animated movies that have uh, come out in the late 80s and mid 90s during Disney's golden age. So, Disney is trying to retread all of their properties that once brought them, you know, greatness. And uh, they're trying to bring it to the the big screen again in a different format um, via uh, live action or CGI. Um, so they're selling this kind of as a quote-unquote live action, but it's more or less a CGI version of The Lion King. I don't think they actually used any lions in this. So this movie stars... Um, Donald Glover as Simba, Beyonce as Nala, uh, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, and Chietel Itafor as Scar. Um, and I, I believe you probably know the rest of the cast, but I mean, just in case you don't, John Oliver as Zazu, James Earl Jones as Mufasa, John Connie as Rafiki, uh, you'd recognize him as, I believe he's Black Panther's father. Yeah, he is. Um, so, we have, uh, yeah, so, we, um, we also have, uh, J.D. McCary 
as uh, young Simba, who's in this for a decent amount of time. This Lion King is actually 25 minutes longer than the original 1994 version, which is something that I had spoken about in the 94 version um, uh, movie review. One thing about the 94 version was I generally liked the majority of the movie. It did feel a little bit more centric towards uh, a younger audience. However, um, you know, there were some real intense moments, you know, dramatic, both on uh, on both fronts, both you know, when he's young and when he's a little older. Um, so, yeah, I I overall really enjoyed it. There was a couple of scenes that I wanted to be elongated, just a just a tad bit longer. Um, just let them marinate just a tad bit. And so having this movie at, you know, 25 minutes longer, I won- I had wondered if this was going to fulfill that, you know, dramatic pause and the dramatic beats that I thought were necessary in the first one that didn't really happen. Um, so The Lion King 2019 is mostly a shot-for-shot remake of the 1994 version once again going along treading along the same lines as the Aladdin remake uh 92 that was released this year which is it's surprising that they decided to release Aladdin and uh the Lion King all in one year it seems like they would want to spread them out just a little bit to see how they would do maybe improve but uh, they want to go guns blazing this year they wanted to pretty much rule dominate this year with uh the box office when it comes to it i mean we when uh i mean you got aladdin you got avengers endgame you got uh, uh toy story you got all these major properties that are all now um mostly owned by disney so uh the lion king once again rated pg animation adventure drama family musical it is majorly the same uh, as the um, original movie. Um, we have James Earl Jones re- re- reprising his role as the uh, the notorious voice of Mufasa. I mean, you, you couldn't get anyone else to, to play it, but uh, I do feel like there was a missing um, spark with Jeremy Irons not being in this. I His his presence in the voice category, or, you know, the, the voice animated category, is so unique, and his voice, you know, is perfect for... You, you, kind of given that sniveling, snively, oh, kind of posh um, kind of a bad guy or antagonist. And uh, Chituel Edifor is definitely a different um, type of magnetism when it comes down to it. He, he just, he carries, he sounds like he carries himself a lot differently than um, the Jeremy Irons voice of Scar. So, let me see anything else that we need to cover. One thing about the 2019 version of uh, The Lion King is that I think that it's one of the most dynamic-looking movies of the year. It's Many people are saying it's uh, a step in 
you know, CGI technology in a way that like Avatar was in 2009. And so this is kind of a good benchmark to show how far we've come. And uh, there wasn't for a second that I was like, you know, wow, it doesn't, uh, it absolutely feels like I'm looking at an antelope or a, a, an elephant or a giraffe or a lion. Um, there was never a time I didn't think that. Occasionally, there was this uncanny valley of the animals singing and they aren't quite expressing to the the humanized emotion that is personified in the first movie and i'm not asking them you know to have their eyes you know bulge out and you know their voices to their their mouths to go completely you know jaw drop and stuff like that like they did in the first one but i do feel like there is this uh it, it, I think everyone's going to say it is uncanny valley. If if it bothered you, then you're going to call it probably in something that like awkward stage where it... When you see someone like Donald Glover having, you know, not only Donald Glover, but uh, Beyonce as well have such amazing pipes. And they're able to carry a note for such a long time. It's weird to see... Uh, animal try to mimic that and hold out I don't know um, uh, words you know because we don't normally see like a, a lion or uh, we don't we don't see animals hold out notes for a very long time um, you know, they, they bark, there's like rough, rough, or, you know, it's a or kind of, you know, it's a, it, it, it doesn't, there's nothing that, you know, that's like, he, he, you know, you kind of hit that, those double notes. I don't know why with the Michael Jackson, but <laughs> you know, there's no, like, it's, it, it was a little awkward to see these animals kind of try to go for these long notes and hold it out for a long time, like Beyonce would, because we, we're used to seeing Beyonce hold out a long note. And, uh, you know, when when that's kind of bothering me, it, it just makes, makes me start thinking about the other technical parts about this movie. So I'm, I'm just going to straight up say it, that this movie has a 56% rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, a lot of critics are bashing it, calling it... Uh, a soulless remake which I respectfully disagree I do feel like they did uh, just about a mu as much retreading as Aladdin if not less I think that they embraced the scale of the world a lot more than um, I was expecting um, I mean it really felt like the camera was you know focused on an ant or focused on an elephant it never felt like I was in a place that didn't feel like uh, Africa, you know, the plains of Africa. And so I was pretty blown away by the cinematography and technical aspects of it. I do think the singing and uh, soundtrack as parts of it didn't work as well. Um, characters like Timon and Pumbaa were excellent additions to the cast and voice acted by um, 
Billy Ike is it Billy Eichner and uh, Seth Rogen? I need to check out the the two. Let me see. Timon, Shimon. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. Um. So let me see. Anything else we're gonna talk about? I mean, it it it's very much a retread of the uh, '94 Lion King. Um, do you need to see it? I think if you have peak curiosity and you have, uh, maybe a friend or something to go see, to go see it, you have someone young that wants to go see it, I think they're going to have a good time. I think jid, jibs, kids, <laughs> jibs, kids are definitely going to gravitate towards the cartoon more just because of the, the quick pace of it. But I, I think if they're maybe 10 or 11, or maybe even 9, um, they would understand this one a little bit better. Um, it might be, ca you know, visually interested in it just as much. Because a lot of times this feels like you're watching one of those uh, National Geographic or Discovery, um, you know, uh, animal docs, documentary series or something like that. Like a planet Earth and... It's uh, it's it's beautiful and you know, every way possible. But when it comes down to the story, once again, it's a simple story. We don't we don't need it too complex. But um, I did have uh, a little bit of a problem with um, a couple of our leads when it came down to the chemistry between them. So let me see if I I've kind of danced around the plot enough. Um. Mm, let me see. Yeah, let's um go ahead and hop into spoiler section because um, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you pretty much know what the Lion King is. Um, you kind of would have had to live under a rock or just been completely unaffiliated with Disney uh, for most of your uh, childhood. So um, by now, um, if you're interested in the Lion King, go ahead and check it out. Um, I wouldn't not recommend it because I think it's definitely a technical feature that needs to be uh, uh, checked out. Um, it doesn't stray too far from the sun, or you know, it doesn't stray too far from the original story. So it's very much a somewhat of a, a retread of the original. But they also have um, some parts in it like. Uh, that show the scale of the the creatures and like like I said an interaction is um it's a technical marvel is what I would say so when it comes down to the writing they pretty much same script as excuse me the 94 version the 94 version was uh I don't want to say it's uh simple or anything like that but it was very easy to to comprehend at pretty much all levels I'm sorry, all ages. Um, I do feel... Um, uh, I, I'll say straight up, I think the soundtrack in the original 1994 version is superior to this soundtrack. Um, the the action in this movie is probably felt a little bit more you can you, you can feel the weight in um in the creatures fighting and when they're when things are happening it definitely feels like you can you can 
see what's happening and that things are being uh, struck, I guess. So let me let me talk about spoilers for The Lion King because I'm I'm kind of having uh, an issue not talking about one of the main issues in the room on uh, The Lion King. So by now, check out Lion King 2019, or if you don't give a yuck, or if you've seen the 1994, then you already know what happens. Um, so let's do it. Mufasa once again dies, and it was terrible to watch the second time. I was like, just had watched Mufasa die in the cartoon version. I was like, damn it. And having to watch him and Simba have a great time at the beginning of this one, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, it's deja vu all over. Happen happens again. And so, um, they, uh, I kind of forgot how terrible of a, a villain or of a per, uh, I was going to say a person of a you know, antagonist that Scar is. I mean, he tr he basically tries to get the hyenas to eat Simba and Nala, like at a very young age, and um, he's starving the lions out once he's taken over the plains, and uh, just just a cruel cruel animal and uh he basically wants Simba's mother to himself which Simba's mother is very much sidelined through this uh this entire uh, story I would say Simba barely addresses her and honestly he he leaves her when um that shit goes down with Mufasa just like in the um the first movie so, um, yeah, I would say, let me see, let's talk about some strong points real quick. We kind of talked about the, the general plot synopsis and whatnot. Strong points, Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, I thought, once again, they brought in some much-needed levity. I, the, the, the story's kind of heavy. I, I still think the story's kind of heavy, and it needs that Timon and Pumbaa lift up. Um, both of the voice actors in it doing an excellent job. Um, uh, what is it? Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner both embody, you know, the, those characters. Um, both goofballs had me uh, cracking up and um, hit you with a weemba wop, a weemba wop. You know, you gotta, you gotta love it. Um, let me see what else we have. Uh, Something I wasn't crazy about. I kind of talked about this. It's the Donald Glover and Beyonce storyline as them as old Simba and Nala. And so one thing that was funny was Timon and Pumbaa addressed that there's a montage that happened and <laughs> Simba grows like 400 pounds. They say he grows 400 pounds since they started the song. <laughs> that shit had me rolling. I was like, oh, damn, that, that that's a pretty funny joke. So, um... Right, so right after that, um, as soon as they go into old, you know, older Simba, he grows into it. Nala is introduced, kind of, kind of easily finds uh, Simba, like which makes you think, like, how far was Simba actually away from his house? And did he not tell Timon and Simba, uh, Pumbaa that you know he was once a king and his father was, uh, you know. I guess he didn't know he was murdered based on the angle because both, in both versions he can't see that uh, Scar is um, is the one that pushes him off. 
so it, it it does make me think that they kind of just uh, swept it under the rug that uh, Simba would never have talked about his, his past, I guess. It just seems that they just like, oh, okay, you know, he's... Um, he's just a lion in the middle of nowhere and we just happen to save him and he has no past before that. It's like, they just don't ever talk about it. So, um, when Beyonce's character as Nala is introduced, they, it, it opens that can of worms and they have to talk about it then. So they go on the, uh, you know, the song, what is it called? Um, in the air tonight, you know, can you... Can you feel the love in the air tonight or whatever? Um, they go they go into the song and motherfucker, it's not even night. Like I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that it's like transitioning in the original movie from like sunset to like nighttime and they're playing around and there's like fireflies and shit going around. Like I just watched this and they made the same thing, but it's almost it feels less compelling. It's, I, it, it, this is where it felt the most hollow to me because it felt like they didn't really know what they wanted to do with these, um, these characters when they were, um, supposed to be frolicking, I guess. I'm, I don't know. I was, I was bored in, during this, uh, this performance and I felt like I should have been swept away and, I remember watching the 1994 version, and I mean, how how do you not compare these two? I mean, this is the same movie. It just does it better. It has a more um, beautiful story in in the way that it, it's kind of introduced. It feels very kind of smushed together, forced with um, these characters meeting, kind of hitting it off. And, you know, eventually filling in the blanks on what, you know, what their lives are like now and what they should be doing later. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that was, I, I distinctly remember it was just like, there was a scene where the, the two lions are supposed to be hitting it off. And it's like, I'm not feeling the love tonight. You know, it's, it's like, I should be feeling um, sparks flying right now, especially with these two amazing, uh, voice actors that can, can sing. I don't know. I, I, I can't exactly, um, pinpoint it, but it just felt like it was, it was uh, like kissing in the dark and you couldn't find the lips. I don't know. <laughs> that might be the worst analogy, but, uh, it just felt like you were, not mixing well together is is oil and water. I don't know. So, let me see anything else we need to discuss. Um, let me see. Let me see. Um, Rafiki, he's in it very minimally again. Um, I think some people thought he might have a larger role. In the original, he doesn't have a very large role either. He's kind of more of like the psychic monkey. That's kind of, you know, dancing in the in the back, but he knows what's really going on, and he only has like a handful of scenes in the original movie. So when people are complaining, oh, he's only in it five minutes in this, I'm like, he's only in it in five minutes in the original. So it's like he was a great character then, and he's uh, an iconic character now. 
uh, you know, still is an iconic character. Um, but he's not in it that much. Um, anything else? Score, score. I think it's the same score. It's the same, uh, Hans Zimmer score. I can, I can confirm that. But, uh, that was one of my favorite scores I've ever heard. And it definitely evokes some of, uh, I can just hear the, uh, the Star Wars and it definitely has that John Williams feel to it. Let me see if I can't find anything else we need to know about. Uh, cinematographer Caleb Deschanel, who was a cinematographer on uh, Passion of the Christ. That's an interesting uh, and the Patriot and being there. I wonder if he's 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 worked on two of them. That's an interesting cinematographer to use for this. So, um, what else do we have? Any? I, I feel like I might be missing something. John Oliver, uh, he does great. Um, the character of Zazu is supposed to be very much uh, a comedic relief character. And in the original, he's just allowed to be so much more expressive because the bird can do things a regular bird can't. So when I'm watching Zazu talk in this, it feels a little bit weird, like a like a parrot talking, sort of. But it also looks like I'm staring at a parrot, and he doesn't look, I don't know, cute? I don't... Something... His expression didn't come across in the same way that, you know, uh, the, the original did. So that was another one that was kind of awkward. Um... Overall, uh, Kigamaga Key was a Kamari. He was, and uh, Eric Andre was Azizi, and uh, Florence Shirambi as Shinzi. These are uh, the hyenas. Uh, I just, uh, the hyenas are the hyenas. They, they, they kind of play just more of a plot plot device in the first movie and they definitely play much more of a plot device in this movie as uh, as well um they aren't they're more like barely fleshed out characters and they're kind of like mindless goons that kind of do whatever they want or whatever they're told basically um but at the very end once again scar is eaten up gobbled up like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so uh yeah, it was, uh, I enjoyed the, the third act, I think. The the action in this movie especially was um, very much felt on, on all levels. I think that in the first one, it feels a little bit too much like, you know, lions getting tossed around, just, you know, it's very hard to tell if they're actually getting hurt. But this, it looks like, oh, shit, you can tell that they're going to, like, oh, that fucking broke a back. Oh, shit, you just got ran over a wildebeest. Oh, shit. And by the way, did this wildebeest not talk? I feel like all animals in this world talk. And then the wildebeest just are <laughs> kind of mindless again. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because they were running from the hyenas at one point. Anyways, Scar is one bad motherfucker. Um, Cheetahwell, Edafor, I don't think he could uh, follow Jeremy Irons. With uh, the performance, I do. I heard uh, Alan Cummings, the uh, guy that used to do Winnie the Pooh's voice, came in for Jeremy Irons during some of the vocals in the original one. Um, 
because his voice gave out, apparently trying to do the Scar voice. Uh, I mean, that's how much the Scar voice was really taking a toll on him. So you can kind of tell that Chidua Idafor is... It feels like more like he's talking, like he's uh, theatrically speaking in front of a Broadway audience as opposed to singing. And songs like Be Prepared were, I, I, I don't know, just sound just sound better when they are actually sung versus if they're being talked. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be too much of a negative Nancy on it because I really enjoyed a lot of aspects about this movie. There's just a couple um, quirks about it that definitely stuck out to me. So, yeah, thank you for listening to the, the Lion King 2019 uh, review. I can't believe that we actually uh, got to see it. It's um, it's quite a feature. I'm going to say that. I have no idea how much money it's going to make. I don't think these negative reviews are really going to stop it from really thriving at the box office. Although this summer has been kind of... Um, let me see if I can find some reviews on The Lion King via Twitter. Okay. Sean Don. Not the real Sean Don. Some at its Grandsville. The Lion King wasn't bad. Mm. Um. So Lion King is the same version as Black Panther, just the kids' version. LOL. That's kind of an interesting um, thought. I mean, it kind of is like that. I'll think about that. Um, hashtag The Lion King was so, so good. I wish it was longer. The singing from Baby Simba to adult Nala was beautiful. Definitely going to see it again going and maybe take a kid this time. Huh. That was at Woody Woo. Um, that was a dope-ass movie. I'm glad I stayed. I wouldn't have mind coming back to see it again. Hashtag The Lion King. Hashtag, uh, sorry, uh, at Missy Keep It Real. Let's see. Um, I went to go see The Lion King at Morgan Brunier. Uh Let's see what else we got. Anything else? Anything else? Let's find one more. Let me see if I can find some IMDb uh, ratings because sometimes those can be kind of fun to... to um, Let's see. Oh, what is the budget for this shit? I bet this shit is through the roof. Oh, man. It's a, I bet the budget is so damn big that they don't even want it on here. We're going to find it out for you. Let's see. Budget for Lion King 2019. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> The Lion King 2019 budget was $250 million. Holy In comparison, uh, Toy Story 4 was only $200 million. And uh, the Aladdin movie was 
this year was only 183 million. So right now, this is their most expensive remake, from what I can tell. Um, let me see. Budget for Beauty and the Beast. Oh wow! It my Beauty and the Beast almost cost just about as much. I'm getting that that cost almost an estimated 255 million. So I, it's honestly up there with one of the most expensive. Um, it, I don't know for some reason it's saying Beauty and the Beast was between 160 to 255 million. Like that's a hundred. That's almost a hundred million difference. That's kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah. Anyways, the Lion King. Lion King 2019. You got it. You got it right there. Um, I did want to do one more. Um... Oh, by by the way, that 250 million dollar budget on uh, that <laughs> that 2019 is in comparison to the 45 million dollar budget in the 1994 version. Um, only 200 million dollars more. <laughs> so um, I wonder if they're gonna get it back. I really wonder if they're going to get it back. Uh, I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. However, let's see what um, other people say. Andrew Christian Jr. on IMDb, 7 out of 10. The visual was stunning and breathtaking. The visuals deserve much praise. Stunning and breathtaking. However, the joy from a viewing of the 1994 original is unlikely to be experienced here. Same story, and somehow the magic and emotion is not there. Let me kind of adjust this. Let's check out another one. Oh, Jesus, that's a long one. Uh... Ooh, this is a 4 out of 10. Oh my god, that's a long one. No. Um, here's a 5 out of 10. This is kind of right down the middle. Um, 5 out of 10, Disney equals money. This is at Grand Sand, Sand Cas Acalid. Jesus, why can't you pick an easier god dang name? <laughs> Anyways... Uh, I'm starting to get tired of Disney. It's all about the money. Same movie again, but with better animations and effects. Timon and Pumbaa is saving this movie with humor and funny lines. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I I do kind of agree that the best parts of this movie were Timon and Pumbaa. However, I, I'm not going to dissipate the, the, the achievement that was done uh, from the technical achievement. But, I mean, once you get past that, it's like, eh. Um, damn, this is getting some harsh shit. Two out of ten, a worthless rehash. The only positives I have to say is that some of the FX are excellent. James Earl Jones still has a great voice. Seth Rogen was fine. Everything else is bad. The direction is flat without style or substance, most likely due to constructive na nature of having the entire movie be photorealistic re CGI. The environments themselves are dull and shallow. It really shows off how excellent the original 2D animation was in its colorful settings and innovative music-slash-dance numbers. In this imitation, whenever a song plays, here we just have realistic and 
in quotations, and sometimes terrible, terrible, quote, rubbery-looking, unquote, animals jogging along a boring, drab jungle. Most of the characters are hollow shells of their original counterparts, especially Scar. Instead of being a sleek iron who chews the scenery, voiced by Jeremy Irons, and generally loves being evil, now he's just some dirt malnourished-looking lion who sounds like some random guy off the street, not intimidating in the slightest. I don't really have much else to say. It's the typical modern Disney cash grab remake. They use the same plot with minor alterations with quote-unquote live action slapped on it as some sort of gimmick to get the dumb popcorn-chewing masses into the theater. Ooh, jeez. It's the equivalent of highly processed pig slop. It is... Art, it is to art what drawing a mustache on the Mona Lisa is. <laughs> In quotations, the uh, uh, the same thing, but slightly altered. So 50% of people found that helpful. <laughs> but good God, that is like a scathing review of uh, the 2019 uh, reduct of this. I just, I don't know if... <laughs> Okay, so someone else brought up one star. Can you feel the love tonight is in broad daylight? This is Jonah the Ridge on IMDb. I hope I'm not in the minority when I say this film is completely pointless. It's Lion King and that's it. Lion King remastered, shot for shot remake with no emotion, whatever. Watch 1994 Lion King. It's such a huge amount of incredible talent was wasted on this. Oh, it's sorry. That last thing said it's a shame that such a huge amount of incredible talent was wasted on this. And uh, hmm, uh, let me see if there's anyone else. Let me get a ten out of ten so we can go on the positive. Hmm. Let's see, nine out of ten by Toso Jong. If I hadn't watched the original movie, I would have easily given. This movie, a 9 out of 10. The CGI is well made, and there's a compelling story. The only problem is that the 1990 movie... The 19... I know the 1994 movie way well so that I can even recall all the lines. So everything about this movie becomes way too predictable. With that said, I don't mind reliving the childhood memories once again, and I would recommend this movie to the new generation. I think it's... Personally, I think this is a good entry into the to the um the Lion King. I don't know if I would show this before I would show the the animated version to my um you know my my son or daughter or what you know my dog whatever the hell you're showing <laughs> my uh my whatever um so. Yeah, so uh, thank you for watching the Lucky Dog podcast and. Uh, Please check out the rest of the Lucky Dog podcast if you're interested in additional movie reviews. It's getting a little late over here, so I'm starting to get a little tired. So I'm going to cut the podcast here. We have um, The Lion King 1994 already podcasted and released. Check that out. Spider-Man Far From Home 2019. Stranger Things Season 3 from Netflix. Uh, Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3, 2, and 1 all podcasted. Uh, Men in Black International 2019, Swamp Thing DC, uh, from DC, 
Uh, Barry on HBO wrap-up, uh, season two, already covered. Um, Bone Tomahawk is coming down the pipe, 2015, already covered. Um, Rocket Man 2019, already released. Godzilla King of Monsters 2019 released. We have a load of um, summer movies that are already in the pipe, so they're already ready, hot and ready. Just get them steaming. Oh, God, the hand. Oh, shit, it's hot. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, um, Booksmart. Jeez, no one, no one's checked it out, but you got to check it out. Booksmart. Um, and uh, we talked about the Aladdin 92 we've talked about Aladdin 2019. So if you want to go back and check those out, be sure to check those out. Um, there are additional Disney remakes. And uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. Um, we could not do this without you. Um, I see SJ's RC Club. Been checking out our podcast. I appreciate it. Um, got listeners coming in hot from... Uh, Egypt and Pakistan this week. I, I see y'all, y'all coming in real hot from uh, those areas, as well as uh, Brazil and the UK, as well as Mexico. So we're all feeling some of the Lucky Dog love, getting a little bit of that luck. Hopefully, you like the Lucky Dog podcast enough to subscribe and check out the additional podcast. So thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog podcast. This podcast is sponsored by LasRosMedia.com. Thank you and. Oh, we